world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Let me start off with this here this morning. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Omi Pearl. Happy birthday to you. My mom's 100 years old today. Would be 100 years old today. Uh, Valentine's Day. Pearl Valentine Fisher Dobbenmeyer, born 100 years ago today. And I often think, you know, you, you never appreciate your parents when they're around, do you? It's only after they're gone, you look back and say, dang, on. man, she, that, that girl was some glue, huh? Trying to hold this family together. Wow. I can't even imagine the struggles she had, the spiritual struggles she had watching her kids go, go astray, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't be here today and you wouldn't be watching if Omi Pearl hadn't been born on Valentine's Day. 1924. Crazy. Happy birthday, mom. I see I'd start a whole discussion. I could I almost said what see I we have a tendency just kind of to repeat things, don't we? I almost said happy birthday in heaven, mom. But I don't know if she's in heaven. That's a whole show. I is anybody in heaven today? Is anybody in heaven? Well, they've taught what the folklore sort of told us we have, right? But if you read the book of Revelation. And you read about the white throne judgment, we all stand, we all appear before God for judgment, right? Now, people, you know, look, we, we can get in arguing about that. The dead in Christ will rise first. Well, if, they, if the dead in Christ are going to rise, well, I thought they were in heaven. That'd be worth a study, wouldn't it? That's why that's why I love this. I love doing this get together every morning because it boy, it sure stretches me. And I'm a pretty educated guy, but I'm not a theologian. I'm not nearly like Craig Mickle sometimes. When Craig gets in here and he starts talking about, golly, I mean, he he understands the history of some of that stuff. I'm going to confess to you, I, I, I don't. I really don't. And if you guys would be honest, which I hope you will be, you would admit that probably for the most part, your own theological training is very, very shallow. Very shallow. Oh, my. You know about... Uh, you know about the big fish swallowing Jonah, but you really don't know that story and what led up to it. And we really, we really don't understand it, right? And as I often say, we're all products of our teachers. All of them are. We all are. And we know this. Bible says that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. So let's pray that pray he does this today. I got some really good stuff today. I want, I want to discuss with this. Again, every every morning I try to I try to figure out, Lord, what, what is it you'd have me to do? What, what are they? Do they want to hear more religious stuff? Do they want to hear more cultural stuff? Do they want to be encouraged? Do they want to be discouraged? What, what do they want to do? Because, by the way, I thought this show yesterday was powerful, man. Powerful. If, if, we'll, if, we'll, if we'll take it to heart, and if we're willing to do a self-examination of ourselves and say, you know, most of the problems I'm having are me. <laughs> most of my problems are me. My reaction to things that are around me. I cause my own problems, my own headache, my own heartache. It's easier to blame somebody else. It's easier to blame the devil. Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. It's, it's easier to do that. But the hardest thing to do is take responsibility and say, you know what? I'm right where I am because of what I've done. I'm right where I am because of what I've done. I often wondered, you know, I look at uh, a football at Ohio State University. Some of these, these football coaches at Ohio, these major universities, they're getting paid millions of dollars. Not just the head coach, the assistant coach. The assistant coach is getting millions of dollars. I could have done that. I could have done that. I mean, I don't know if I could have been the head coach at Ohio State University, but I was, I was good enough to be one of his assistants for sure. I was worth a million dollars. 
right? And boy, the things that we put value on, the things that we think that are important, we're so missing it, man. We're so missing. By the way, it's one, one of the things I want to talk about today. That's what's crept into the church as well. I'm going to show, I'm going to show you that here in a second. And and look, it's um, it's easy, and I have a tendency to always blame the pastors or the religious system. And some people, it upsets. But look, it's the same people that are, you blame the school system. You blame the medical system. You blame the entertainment system. You blame the governmental system, but you don't blame the religious system. Oh, the religious system's broken, but boy, our pastor, he's really, our pastor's really good. Well, come on, man. It's the model's broken, see? The model's broken. And I had a conversation with Randy. Well, I got to talk about that today. I had a conversation with Randy. I think it was Randy yesterday. And I was talking about the folks, the church model right now that we have is broken. It is broken. And, you know, the th- you know what's really, bear with me a second. You know what's really magic about this is you don't, even though I'm the host of the show, and even though I come on and I, we're here for an hour and I talk for most of the time, I pride myself or try to pride ourselves on open dialogue. And so in other words, I bring a piece of red meat and I tell you what I think about the red meat. I chew it up and spit it out. And then I throw it on the table and say, well, what do you think about the rat, that red meat? What do you think about that? And the truth is you never get a chance to do that in church, ever get a chance to do that in church. So the pastor comes and he delivers a sermon and you go home and next week you come back and he delivers an, another sermon. But it never, ever really ties together this war that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, principalities and powers, evil spirits in high places. It's never, ever, oh, they don't get me wrong. They do a sermon series. But you know what's magical about this? And for those of you who are watching maybe on the uh, on uh, some other platform, Facebook or Patriot Party, wherever you might be watching it. You don't get the dialogue that we get going in the after show. For those of you who go to CoachDaveLive.com and join there, uh, you get you can dialogue with us. And you wouldn't believe the fights. I, can I call them that? The fights that go on behind the scenes amongst Christians in the after show. They're, di- they're dialogues. They're, they're not fights, but disagreements, man, disagreements. And how can there be so much disagreement about spiritual things? How has that happened to us? It'd be, that'd be interesting just to do a show on that, wouldn't it? Just to, hey, I, some of you put up a Saturday in Lancaster. Put out a, for me, I forgot to mention this. In fact, I got to know today if anybody's interested in going. I Can you believe it? I got an invite to speak in the men's conference in Lancaster, Ohio. It's all day, uh, 10 to 4 o'clock. And if anybody like to go, uh, let, anybody in the you know the Columbus area wants to go, let me know so I can let them know that you'd like to come. I was really encouraged because he told me that they have um, – about seven different churches that are participating now. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? That seven different churches would get together? So uh, I want to make sure I throw that throw that up there a little bit. Uh, uh, here's where, here's where, uh, okay. Lord, take me where I need to go here, Lord. Pull up number six for me real quick. Pull up number six. No, let's do that. Pull up number eight. Because I tried not to talk about this yesterday. But it is, it's the heart. Everybody's heard about the Jesus, uh, the, the, the commercial at halftime of the foot washing of Jesus, right? By the way, $14 million, I believe, if I read that right. This commercial costs $14 million. And we have hungry babies. And we have hungry babies. We have, so Now, I, I, look, I want you to think about this right now. Throw, throw away all of your Christianity. Throw away all of your Christianity. No understanding at all of Christianity. And ask yourself, is this a clear gospel message? What, what is this message? It's one minute. The $14 million, in my opinion, boondoggle. Hang on, hang on. The Bible teaches us that evil men have crept in unaware and changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. Is it possible that those with nefarious intentions made this commercial to to uh, muddy the waters on what Christianity is really all about? Could it be that they wanted to make sure that don't, now don't miss this? The, the, well, the message the message is hate. 
whether you want to believe it or not, that's the message of this one-minute commercial. Go ahead. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. Outside an abortion clinic, washing her feet. That's the Super Bowl commercial, $14 million they put into that. And the message is what? Well, if I understand it right, most Christians hate. And if you run into a Christian that's hate, they're not a Christian. That's the message that I received. And that uh, Jesus washed people's feet, which, by the way, is true, but it is also a lie. It's a lie. Uh, Could you pull up for me real quickly, number six? Number six. See, this is where people who are who are sort of Christian get lost, right? Sort of Christian. Look, I know none of you, Coach Dave Livers, fell for this, certainly, right? Now, before the Feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved his own, he loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Who? his own. And after supper is ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he was come from God and went to God, he got up from supper, laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash whose feet? Whose feet is, wait a minute, help, help me out here. Is, is Jesus out in front of Planned Parenthood washing feet? Is that where, is that, is that where he is? Is he out, is he, is he out at the, uh, on the corner hanging out and washing the feet of transgenders? Is that, what, is that what he's doing? Somebody help me out here. No? No, who's he with? It told us right at the beginning. Who was he with? Go back up the top. The disciples. Who's with the disciples? No, knowing that the Father had given them into his hands, right? Huh? Yeah, he knew that. He'd given all. So he's with who? He's with his homeboys. He's with the 12 that are getting ready to go out and get and lay down their lives, by the way, right? Now, I'm not going to go down and read through the rest of this, but I want you to know this. Jesus did not wash the feet of every Tom, Dick, and Harry came down the highway, baby, which was the message we just saw, right? That was just the message. Jesus didn't hate. Well, that's a lie. (laughs) That is a lie. (laughs) It's a lie. But do you have any idea? See, in order for a lie to be able to be perpetuated and grow, it has to have a bit of truth in it. It has to have some truth in it. Look, are you looking at me? People say, well, God loves the sinner, but hates the sin. Well, yeah, but it's the sinner that gets cast into the lake of fire, not the sin. The Bible says God hates all workers of iniquity. He wrote that. I didn't write that. And so what's the message? What was the message? $14 million. Yes, Steve, he flipped over tables. He went into the church and flipped over the tables. What's the message he just spent $14 million on? Judge not. Who are you to judge? Who am I? Jesus didn't judge. Jesus just washed feet. That's a flat out lie. It's a lie. Now, I saw this one. Here's the message that the church should have played. Where is it? Uh, it's the very last thing. I didn't put an address. On. I didn't put a, a number on it. This is the, this is, maybe, hang on. This is one of the commercials. Maybe they should have played. Go ahead and play this.
Now that's a message, isn't it? That's a message. But see, the other message is what, and by the way, can I tell you, it's probably the message of the local church, for most of the local church. Don't judge, love them, love them, love them. What does that, what does that even mean? What does it even mean to love a homosexual? Love them in their sin or love them enough to demand that they come out of their sin? What does it even mean? And because the gospel, see, look, it does just a little, oh, thank you, Lord. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Medicine go down. Medicine go down. Just a spoonful of lies makes my sin feel okay in the most delightful way, right? That's what we're, that's what we're dealing with, folks. So look, look, I, I got something that's really, really important for me to lay out to you today because I'm always trying to, Believe it or not, whether you whether you want to believe it or not, I'm not I'm not about self promotion here. I wish I could talk to millions, because I know the power of the gift. But I'm not here trying to promote me. I'm not trying to make. I'm I'm not trying to build a bigger church. I, okay, I I heard no, I can't go there yet. I'm talking about the transformation of modern Christianity. We are in a transformation, friends. It's happening right in front of us, whether we see it or not, whether we understand it. We cannot put new wine into old wineskins. And that new model that we have of the pastor with the, with the different campuses and pastor-driven, and go to the website, and there's the pastor's face. Now, I felt a little bit convicted this morning when I was, when I was putting this all together because you go to Coach Dave Live, and what do you find? Me. Me. But I'm not a church. I'm not a church. And if I could call it past the salt. See, I started calling it Coach Dave Live because it was easier to remember than past the salt. That's what, that's why I went to it. And so I, I never really, my intention was never to try to make me famous, okay? Never was. But churches are that way. Churches are that way. Just Google any church and boom, the pastor pops up. Boom, the pastor, right? So I want to I talk to you about something today that I think is really, really important. And uh, pull up spiritual gifts. Pull up number two. Pull up number two. Some of you don't even know what your spiritual gifts are. Now, look, look, look. Are, are you looking at me? You better understand what I'm about to tell you. Okay? There's a difference between a gift and an office. There's the gift of prophecy, and there's the office of the prophet. Those are not the same. And because in organized Christianity, we have taken the gifts and called them offices, that's why I believe the growth of Christianity has been staggered. We're pastor-driven. We're elder-driven. We're all chasing after the gifts. Now, if I were to ask you right now, what is your spiritual gift? Most of you probably couldn't tell me. And I went to this website just because I don't always agree with them, but they, they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good at laying stuff out. It says there are actually three biblical lists of gifts in, of the Spirit, also known as spiritual gifts. The three main passages described are Romans 12, 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and then Ephesians, yada, yada, yada. But look, as I've tried to make clear many, many times, these are gifts. These are gifts. These are not offices. Sometimes in a room, I might be the prophet. Sometimes in the room, I might be the evangelist. Sometimes in the room, I might be the teacher. 
depending on who's in the room. If it's a gift from God, why would God just give that gift to one person? And see, in the church, we've made it an office. Fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We've made them jobs, offices, and their gifts. Scroll down a little bit here. Scrolling down. I'm going to see if I got it here. Okay, so look. I'm going to run down through these real quick. I'm going to put it in the chat. I want you to ask yourself if you ever find yourself operating in this. You ever find yourself operating the gift of prophecy? Uh Uh-oh. Hang on. Hang on. Better check that out. Go to, uh, uh, what am I looking for? Go to number one real quick. Hmm? What's a prophet? What is a prophet? Because some of us chase prophets around. Because what was that guy's name told us about the election years and years ago? What was his name? Uh, come on, somebody help me out here. I, you say, Coach, I don't even know what you're talking about. The guy down in Florida always told about the election, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and and it didn't happen. The Trump was going to get a second term. It didn't happen. Is it, huh? is it Robin Bullock? Robin Bullock? Or? No, not Robin Bullock, although he's one of them. What's, his, uh, what's his, What was his name? Mark Taylor. Mark Taylor. Well, he was famous everywhere, right? Because he was a prophet, right? A f- but dare I say it, a fortune teller. Well, no, 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 no. A future teller. That's the prophet. Oh, yeah? Well, that would be good if that's what it was. It says many mentions of the prophets are made in the Bible. Uh, in fact, it says, uh, Testament, blah, 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 blah. simply put, a, a simply put, are y'all, can, y'all got your mar- underliners? Y'all got your highlighters. Are you ready? Huh? Simply put, a prophet is someone chosen by God to speak for God. Can that be Gene Schroeder? Can Gene Schroeder be in a situation sometimes where he's been chosen by God to speak for God? It's not an office. It can be, but it's not. Some of you operate in the gift of prophecy and don't even know it. Gift of prophet. Can I, can I tell you a prophet? Can I tell you a prophet right now? I hate to identify him. His name is Randy Lunsford. Randy Lunsford is operating in the gift of prophecy. And what does Randy say? What does the gift of prophecy say? If we do this, this is going to happen. That's, <laughs> that's the gift of prophecy, right? And if we all preached Christ, we would be preaching the gift of prophecy, if we would. Simply put, a prophet is someone chosen by God to speak for job. God. Their job, whatever the time period or tidings, was to accurately impart God's message. You show up out in front of an abortion clinic and they're murdering babies, you're speaking God's voice, the prophet. Speaking what God says about that situation. If you keep doing that, this is going to happen to you. That's what a prophet does, folks. It ain't an office. It ain't. A, now, do some have a gift of prophecy? Yes, yes. But many do. Many. Their job, whatever. I'm sorry. Men and women called to this task came from differing backgrounds, personalities, levels of social status. But what they all had in common was a heart for God and an anointing to hear from him and the faithfulness to impart his message to others. Are you with me? Huh? And the church has made it an office. And people identify themselves as a prophet. What? You're, you're identifying yourself as a gift? Oh, the church made it an offer. Hmm. God told the young Israelite nation he was to be their king, but the people clamored for a human king. And as God put a succession of rulers in place, he provided prophets to advise and direct them to clarify his words for the people. This was called the classical age of the prophets. Hey, folks, during that classical age of the prophets, they didn't have the internet, they didn't have TV, they didn't have radio. Okay, so hang on, I'm going to run through this really quickly, and I'm going to make another connection, and I'm going to open it up. So this is a small list of sampling of those called to serve. We called them prophets in the Bible. Who? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Roll down through them. Come on. 
Jonah, Malachi. How many prophets were there? Well, there were all kinds of them. Were there any women prophets? Yeah, Miriam, Deborah, Huldah, Isaiah's wife, Anna. There are all kinds of, why? Because it's a gift. It's a gift. They spoke prophetically on behalf of God. They spoke the oracles of God where and when it needed to be spoken. Every Christian should be able to operate in that gift. Everyone. Why? Because he gave gifts, gave gifts to men. He gave it to all. He gave it to all of us in the situation that you're in. So let's say, well, coach, I don't really know very much about the gospel. I'm, you know, I, I really, well, what if you were, if you were around, if you all of a sudden there were 10 non-believers around you, would you be able to speak the oracles of God to them? The oracles of God to them for God. And if you are, you are operating in the gift of a prophet. Prophets are not fortune tellers or future tellers, all right? Okay, now, I want to make one more connection. I got, I got 15 things I want to show you today. I'm not going to get to all of it. Uh, Spencer, pull up. Uh, no, I'm going to stay right here a minute. Here's, 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 here's one of the things we're dealing with in the church. In my my opinion, take it for what it is. I believe it's prophetic. Got uh, male and female. There's male and female, and I believe that operates within the church as well. And I don't know about you guys, but in our family, my wife is what you would call she's the mother of mercy. My 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 wife, love mercy healing people, rubbing backs, putting on Band-Aids, feeding people, loving people. That's that's the feminine side of our marriage. The two of us have become one. But I'm the coach. I'm the one that whacks them and makes them do push-ups and makes them run laps and everything. Why? Because it takes both sides of it. It takes both sides, right? And so what we are seeing promoted in our churches today is the mercy side the feminine side, and not the prophetic side. Not the thus saith the Lord side. That part of the prophetic is missing in the American church. That's why That's why so much of the Christian experience appeals to your emotions and your feelings. Women feel, men react. It's not the same. And so we have been promoting, at least in my lifetime, a feminized, emotional mercy ministry, which was exactly the clip that was played on the Super Bowl. Jesus loves everybody. Come and sit at his lap. He just wants to be your best friend, yada, yada, yada. And there's the other Jesus sitting over there. Oh, no, don't you come in here. Don't you come here bringing that with you. You better stop that, right? Right? And so then what would they say about, and do say, about a guy like me who shows up and it's not all lovey, 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 lovey. Why don't why don't pastors want a guy like me in the pulpit? I'm not I'm not patting myself on the back. Why? Because they've been trained in feminine Christianity. Mercy, 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 love, 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 love. And the entire prophetic finger pointing, that's why fivefold ministry. Apostle, prophet, the prophet's the finger pointer. Stop it. You better behave. The prophet points the finger. Huh? And what do they tell us? You're not supposed to judge. Okay, well, let's cut that finger off then. Cut that finger off. Right? Think about uh, the think about the worship music. Think about it. Open my eyes, Lord. I want to see Jesus. Rather than stand up, stand up. For Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. That's not even, you know, do they even know how to sing that in church anymore? Folks, this is a deep, deep spiritual issue that we're dealing with. Now, some of you are being awakened to it. Some of you are beginning to see it, beginning to understand it. But I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to find anywhere in America a thus saith the Lord church. Yeah, you can't find it. 
And so what are we? What are we? We're unbalanced. We're un oh, shall I use that word, Lord? Yeah, we're trans-Christian. We're trans-Christian. We've turned the church into a woman. In fact, we call her a woman. The mother church, right? The mother church with the father God. So in other words, mother runs the church and daddy ain't got no say in it. Is that what we're supposed to think? Do you, do you, see, do you, see, do you see this? This is what we're dealing with, folks. This is the entire time. Okay, I'm going to do it. Now, I'm not going to make fun of this guy, okay? Please don't take it wrong because I ought to give him a chance to be able to defend himself. Pull up number uh, number seven for me. Number seven. I don't know this guy. I don't know anything about him. I don't know him. Uh, uh, Pastor Brian, I'm not trying. I'm trying not. I'm not trying. I swear I'm not. Uh, uh, so this is. Uh, they did something in the Super Bowl. Maybe I'll show you here in a second. But I want you to go to locations. Click on this locations. This is a church out of Cincinnati, Ohio. It's out of Cincinnati, Ohio. And here's their locations. They have one uh, in Columbus, Dayton, on the east side of Cincinnati. They have one in, uh, where is that one? Uh, oh, it tells you who the pastors are. Lena Schuler, she's a community pastor. Scroll on down. Vicki Diller, she's a community pastor. There's, there's one in Lexington and Florence and Mason and Oakley. And when you go to the website, go back, go back, hang on, click back. All these, all these churches, when you go back to the homepage, what do you see? What do you see? Hmm? Keep going, keep going. About who we are, Super Bowl preaching. It, and it's about a man, a man. And most of the mega churches that we talk about, mo most of us know Joel Osteen's church, but we don't know the name of it. We know it's his church, right? And so this is the model that is being spread all across. Would it be a denomination? Go go back there, Spencer. How many different, uh, how many different den denominations? I'm sorry. How many different uh, locations were there, Brian? Um, I don't know, Brian. I'm not criticizing, but I don't know, Brian. This is the model, folks. Anywhere, Columbus, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Nine, eleven locations. Eleven locations. And what's the message that is spreading? I don't, I don't, I'm not being critical, but I can show you this. I can show you this. Uh, show us uh, uh I'm sorry, friends. Just I, I gotta get this up. I gotta get this. Go to number five. Go number five. Because uh, this, the wine press, real Christian news, talking about this church. Are you ready? Scroll down. And I want you to see what took place at that church. Go on down. Right here on Sunday. Ready? Go ahead, play that. Patterson back with the kick. In each quarter, preachers will be given a random phrase that they must effectively work into their message. This is an and advertisement for the church service. Completely random. They have never seen them before, seriously. You know what's well, hey, folks, time to meet our players. Let's head down to the field for today's starting lineups. The myth, the legend, Brian Cole. We'll just call it when it lands. Call it in the air. Tails! What I'd be kicking. It, uh... Yeah, let's just go with tails. Would you like to kick or receive the Bible? I will receive. Tom wins the toss, chooses to receive the Bible. Patterson back with the kick. Oh, my goodness! Whoa. Is that a touchback? Can you yeah, even get a touchback? First time in 18 years, there's a touchback no, folks, for the kickoff. Look, look, look I, 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 don't know, I don't know about, I don't know anything about this church. Is this the church mimicking the world? Is this the church trying to appear like the world? You say, well, coach, they're just trying to draw people in. 
okay, I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, there's a couple more videos on here. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take the time to, to show you. It's just, it's unbelievable. And so look, can I tell you the truth? <laughs> I say that a lot. I'm sorry. Where are the 71 year old men like me with a world life full of wisdom that are not business oriented business gurus who know how to do multi-level church. This is folks, this is what we're, this is what we're up against. And I can promise you this. I can't promise you because I don't know. I'll bet, I'll bet they liked the commercial that was played at halftime of the Super Bowl, not the one that should have been played. With me? Uh, I don't know if I've I, I, hang on one more thing. Pull up number three again. This is from yesterday. Pull up number three. <clears throat> no, that's not it. There it is. Remember we talked about this yesterday? So they're just trying to fill the churches. They're looking at it and say, wow, Ohio's only got 12% of people going to church. Man, that means there's 88% out there we can get. Let's go get them. Let's go get them. Are they, is that, are they throwing the right bait out there? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying here. I don't even know. <clears throat> Come on in, Craig. When I saw that last night, my my stomach turns. It it turned right now, and I can only. I, this is what I. Hey, I'll call them out. I hope the Holy Spirit falls down on that leadership team and those people, and I hope that they repent in dust and ashes. I mm. hope fire hits that church so hard in repentance, because I got news for you. You ain't going to be the one that's called up. I want to. I want to read. I want to read some. I want to read some scriptures here. There are three that bear witness in heaven: the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth: the Spirit, the Water, and the Blood. Now I want to go to First John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God, and he was in the beginning of God. They took their foot and kicked the word of God. They have spoken their own condemnation Mm. on themselves, not me. (laughs) Okay, their acts are their condemnation. And I, I just pray that God helps them to repent and tell others not to do these things. Flee! Run for your life! Pull up, Ju- pull up Jude. Pull up Bible Gateway. Pull up Jude for me real quick. Hang on, Rich. I'll get you right in here. Jude. Go to King James if you can. Jude, it'd be Jude 1. It'd be there. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, mercy unto you. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained, ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, right there it is. Right there it is, right? God winks and nods at sin. See, they're smart enough to understand. I think I shared this with you. The Super Bowl yesterday was the most watched TV program in the history of the world. Did you know that? The most watched event in the history of the world was the Super Bowl. And so what does the church do? The church mimics the world and hoping to draw. That's why the Bible said broad is the way and narrow is the gate. Many watch it, but only few find it. And there are a lot of people sitting in that church that have no idea what the gospel is. Go ahead, Rich. Are you there, Rich? Brown cow, go. 
Hi, good morning. Thank you very much. I just wanted to say this, Coach. I agree with you wholeheartedly. As we sit here talking and as I, when we come on every morning, I come on and I have Bibles in front of me because I check everything according to the word. Check this out, Coach, real quick. Friend of mine, we've been friends for 57 years. We went to junior high school together. She goes to a church in New Jersey. The pastor is, well, the, the bishop of the church is the husband. The pastor is the wife. I said to her, I said, listen, girl, you in the wrong place. I said, no women pastors. She won't even hear that. And they also have apostles. I said, wait a minute, no more apostles. I said, all you got to do is read Acts 1. You see the requirements of apostle. You had to be an eyewitness to Jesus, baptism, and resurrection. She did, Listen, the girl been in church her whole life, uh, 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 coach. She did not want to hear the truth. I took her straight to the scriptures. She didn't want to hear anything. So in, in me, by me saying this, and, and according to what you're saying in the theme of today's show, people just do not want truth. They want their feelings. They won't check out what you what's in the word. And for me, I was de deluded in these churches for so long that I don't care who the pastor is. I don't care the, what the bishop's name is. I check everything according to the word and i checked the original hebrew and greek translation and asked the holy spirit to keep me and my house on the right track amen thank brown. you amen brown i couldn't agree i couldn't agree with you more brown can i can i tell you what's at the heart of it folks look i'm, I'm sorry i'm not talking about every pastor but i know what i just watched everybody on there a lot of pride a lot of pride oh they say they're serving yes they say they're serving the Lord. Oh, but they're so they're so happy to be out there and act that out. And people are watching them and people are saying nice things. I, I'm telling you, dudes, I'm telling you, you, you won't. Well, be careful what I say. Roger, go ahead and deal. <clears throat> are you there, Roger? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm trying to find my Bible, but I think it's Revelation where there's a. We lost you, dude. We don't hear you. Dale, come on in while we wait for Roger to get the thing straightened out there. Hallelujah, Coach. Remember, you can never take text out of context or you got That's a right. pretext, which is nothing but a lie. How many times do we read about Jesus' washing his, his disciples' feet, right? That's plain and simple. But, Coach, what <clears throat> this is the precursor. We're going to make criminals. Or the Super Bowl that I hey, participate in is a bit worthy. Hang on. Hey, Roger, you won't believe this. We didn't hear any of that because you went totally dead. So hang on a second. Let me get Dale back in, and then you repeat what you thought, what you, thought you told us because we didn't hear it. Go ahead, Dale. Amen. So, Coach, just just and we've discussed this before, right? We're, those two great commandments, but it's that second one that people just misunderstand. When he spoke of that, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He was quoting from the book of Leviticus, chapter nineteen, verse fifteen, starting: "You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not show partiality to the poor, nor give preference to the great. But you are to judge your neighbor fairly." You shall not go about as a slander among your people. You're not to jeopardize the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart, but you may certainly rebuke your neighbor. But you are not to incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance nor have any grudge against the sons of Israel, your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am. Lord, brother, we we so miss this. We so miss this. Oh man, oh man, Dale, that was so good. Where where, where was that, Dale? Okay, Leviticus chapter nineteen. Oh, that's 50. Old Testament. Yeah, that's old. That's yeah, old. No, but yeah. What? Let me let me just say this, Coach. Whenever Jesus was quoting, he he knew who he was talking to. His yeah. audience knew what he was saying, and when he said that, he knew that he knew exactly that he was quoting from Leviticus because the same thing. Yeah, God, we're to love the Lord God with all our heart and soul, and mind. Right? Well, that's Old Testament too because he's quoting from Deuteronomy. Coach, I'm telling you, brother, this, how many times do we read where Jesus washes his disciples' feet? You made a religion out of one passage of Scripture. That is the most dangerous ground to be on. Amen. Amen. All right, Roger, can we get you back in here? Maybe we can hear you this time. 
I was, Dave, I was going to the book of Revelation. I don't know if it was chapter 4 or 11, where um, they are around the throne singing, Holy, holy, holy. Um, I want to renounce and reshape my views on the Super Bowl. If this is what the Super Bowl brings out in the church, the concept of using the Super Bowl to interact with the culture is a miss. It's, a, it's a unbelievable. He said, um, come out from them and be separate. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I do hereby renounce my position and am <laughs> shameful about my position now that we have a church that drop kicks the Bible. So, so, so Roger, here's the truth, okay? Look, I would love to be Rush Limbaugh. No, I wouldn't, but I would love to have the impact of Rush Limbaugh. I, I don't want the fame of him. I don't want to have to go someplace and put a hat on so people don't know who I I don't want. That. I don't want that kind of stuff. I want impact. Can I tell you something, Roger? Many of these guys that we're seeing here, they want fame. They want fame. It's pride-driven. It's pride-driven. And we you all know, fight pride. I fight pride. Come on, I'm not holier than thou. But I can tell you this. In my own heart, the purpose of this show is not about me. It's not about me. I wish 10 million people were watching, but it ain't about me. I mean, I can tell you do, this. The church is, it's about the pastor. Don't think it isn't. Go ahead. Well, do, do they know who they are worshiping? Do they have any concept? No. He's not your homeboy. He's not your best friend. No, amen. He is our Lord, the God amen. of all. And we're going to drop kick his Bible in a church service with smoke machines. Yep, yep. Oh, hey, Roger, on that website, put it in the chat, if you will, Spence. There's about six different videos that you look at, and you, can, you, just, you can't believe they just did that. But I'm not going to beat up on the guy because I don't know, you know, I don't know his heart, right? I, I don't know. Uh, so the scripture says I ought to go talk to him first, so I'm not going to beat up on him. I'm sure his intentions are, I suppose they're good. I don't know. Kevin, come on in. Well, Coach, I don't want to focus on the Super Bowl part of it. I just want to, I just want to focus more or less on what we just saw because this is what I noticed when when we started going back to church in the early 2000s, and there had been a big change since I had been attending years before, and that was, you know, everything had become all about the smoke machines and the big screens and the experience. The, the experience, experience. The star, yep, the Starbucks coffee, oh, the pageantry and the spectacle, and, yeah. and you know, and it had to have the great sound system for the the you know the, the rock band and <laughs> your worship team and and all of that, and you know, and and the good coffee out in the lobby that you could now walk into the sanctuary carrying you know carrying your cup of coffee with you. I mean, and oh my gosh, you know, and and show up wearing your sweatpants. To come worship the King of Kings, but you dress up for the president or the governor. I mean, it was just—it was just such a change. And you know, what just one thing that I kept hearing from you know the uh, from the leadership teams and the pastors about trying to draw people into the churches. Look, we've got to stay relevant. We've got to stay relevant. We've got to be relevant in the emergent church. And I used to turn to my wife and say, you know, sweetheart, for all this, you know the pomp and circumstance, all this fluff and stuff that they've got in here. The most relevant thing in this building is that Bible and the message that's in it. And you don't need any of this crap. Okay. Mm. The only thing you need is the message in there. And, and I would say to her, you know, that we could, they could literally take the congregation. I'll bet you Dale could do this. And I'll bet you he'd amen on, amen me on it. You could take the whole congregation and go out and find a nice big oak tree somewhere and just set up some chairs underneath it, break out the Bible and start preaching from the word and it would be more relevant than anything you hear going on in this church it's a business right yep. it's a it's a yeah it's a it's a it's a business like you said it's all about you know becomes about spectacle you know and, and and the big show and that's not what this is all about and that's not what we should be drawing people into again the most relevant mm -hmm. thing for for right here for right now what people need to hear and know is what's in that bible you well here's the I mean? thing here's the so, thing here's ahead, the thing uh, uh kevin look it's all young men. It's all 30, 40 something guys, right? I, I, I hate to tell you this. As a 71 year old guy, I have a hard time taking advice from a 35 year old. I mean, I, I understand he's, I, I get it. 
Dude, yeah, don't, skin, skinny uh, jeans uh, and high and tight hair and yeah, yeah, don't 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 tell me about it, man. You get you got uh, you got the biblical training. I got life experience and biblical training, and we do not appreciate again old men and old fashioned ways. We don't we don't appreciate it. nothing new under the sun. Rich, come on in if you can, and Lauren. Thank you. You had a mic issue before. Yeah, you know, a, for, a form of prophecy is just reading God's word. And in Matthew 7, 13, uh, 20, it talks about enter in the in, enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth destruction, and many there will which many there be which go in through it and thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be find it. Mm-hmm. If if people that isn't going to bring in the numbers, but if you preach God's word with the Holy Spirit and dwelling in you, then you're the what few people you're going to have attending your church that you would minister to would be spirit filled, spirit led, because that's because it was the Holy Spirit that drew them in. It wasn't you. It wasn't. No, it wasn't but Rich, all the light again, show. again, again, I'm with you on that. But again, yeah. we're missing it. We're missing it. See, the church is who we are. It's not where we go. And well, I, I, get, I, I, get, I get I get that you wherever you're at, this, right. if you function this way within the Holy Spirit, then God's word's going to draw those people together to worship. So, Rich, here's what happens. All this extra stuff. Here's what happens in my life. Every time I get down, uh, I try not to get down. I'm either up or getting up. I've told you that before. But my wife will come along and she'll pat me on the back and she said, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you are, are you looking what Randy's doing?" Are you are you are you looking? And she'll go down a litany. You watching Dave Allison? See what Dave Allison's doing? What Randy's doing? And what you got guy? You got get Clay? You got guys doing stuff everywhere? Are you kidding me? And boy, then I pull back and say, Wow, Lord, thank you, thank you. Because it's not about gathering everybody into a building. It's about the impact that we have right where we're living. And I just run down through a litany of people who, for the first time in their lives, are actually exercising their gift. Maybe, maybe they don't have a huge church. And how many people go to church? In the church, big church, small church, 95% of the work gets done by two or three people. We all know that, right? So there's great, great falsehood in crowds. Ann, come on in. Good morning. I apologize. I have laryngitis. Um, what the heartbreaking thing of all of this is, is that there's no fear and reverence of who the Lord is. And there's the glory and God's glory. And where the church has come has just become a campus. It's not a place yep. where if you're hurting, it, you're going to get healed. If you're gonna, Craig Mickles, the church. Craig Mickles, the church. Go ahead. And you know, and if there's a perfect example of the lack of honor and respect and nobody's no, barely anybody's talking about these kids whose lives were destroyed on Sunday. Yep. 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 Okay. Travis Kelsey literally embarrassed his, you could see the measure of a man between the two of them. Coach Reed stood there with honor and his face was hurt. And, yep. and Travis Kelsey is yelling and shoving his coach because he wasn't put into a play. Because he was throwing a temper tantrum like what most of these people are doing now. And when you do not honor the word of God by drop kicking it and, me- and taking it to a measure of a Super Bowl of witchcraft and child trafficking. Mm. Is, is literally from the pit of hell and, God, and, and Satan mocking God. By the way, tomorrow I'll show you a breakdown of what the halftime Super Bowl show was really all about. Go ahead, Laura. The you know, and, my, and my friend Chris Baker went goes to the Super Bowl and does the cover up tattoos on these kids who've been branded by their traffickers. Amen. 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 You know, and 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 it was one thing of encouragement is Coach. You can't see your team playing on the field in front of you, and you're not meeting with all of us in the locker room. But your team, when you send them to go out and play, 
are going out, all of this that come into this huddle that are going into our parts of the world where you're every That's morning, right. you, right. you set us up, we meet in the huddle, we go into the locker room, and then at the end, it's go. Equip because the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what we do. Lorraine, I got to move. God bless you, dear. Roger, I want to show something. That's why I'm cutting it down. I got something I want to show you all here a second. Roger, your hand was up. Maybe not. Spencer, get ready. Uh, get Ted Nugent up there for me. Ted Nugent for president. Ted Nugent for president. How long is this? Three minutes, 54 cents. We got time. Huh? This is, huh? This is, this is the kind of guy we need in the pulpit. You ready? Go ahead. Motor City Madman, Ted Nugent. Ted, good to talk to you, man. Well, you know what our, our issue is, Ted? Our issue is that these drag shows are inviting specifically all ages, meaning targeting young children. They're not learning the lesson, are they? Well, first of all, Eric, uh, it should be noted that me, Ted Nugent, the Motor City Madman, Reverend Theodosius Atrocious, the Whackmaster, I was father of the year at my kid's school because I taught him about conservation and I drove home the importance, the imperative of being clean and sober and putting your heart and soul into being the best that you could be. So that's the environment I was raised in. We celebrate, and to this day, the Nugent family and everybody I know, like yourself and your family, God, family, country, constitution, bill of rights, 10 commandments, the golden rule, being the best that you can be, law and order, which obviously identifies me as an extreme radical. But what we're talking about here is pure rot. This isn't just a cultural deprivation. This is a spiritual abandonment. These people are freaks. They're perverts. They're dangerous. They're Satanists. Literally, it wouldn't even qualify as planet of the apes. This is now planet of the serpents. And it's no surprise up there in Oregon because the once great Northwest has flushed itself down the toilet of Satanism and indecency and cruelty. This is downright cruel to children. And if the officials, of course, the officials are we the people, if the parents don't stand up and stop this, um, the, the toilet flush is going to continue at a, at a high velocity. But I got to tell you, this is really a lunatic fringe. And as I mentioned last time, people have to come to grips that this is a manifestation of the North American man-boy love association that are pushing maniacally so that perverted evil, rotten, cruel men can have sex with young boys. That's really what's behind all of this. And these people have to be stopped. You know, Ted, and, and we keep talking about it. And the left says, oh, you guys are so homophobic. It's not about that. It's about the kids. We just saw a story today. Instagram was just caught with some sort of um, allowing users, hundreds of thousands of users, to deal in pedophilia, child pornography, and they just got busted for it because they were, they were I guess, turning, turning the other way. So you got to stop. You got to stand up, especially when the kids are involved. Final thought on this topic. Well, I got a bunch of gay buddies, man. We rock and roll. I got a bunch of gay friends in the United States military that are genuine warriors and absolutely warrior down-to-earth guys. And they're, they're more angry than we are because this is, this is mistakenly and rottenly misidentifying the real homosexual community that are good, hardworking people with these kind of perverts. There's a big difference. I get along fine with everybody unless they try to bring perversion into children's lives. We've got to put an end to this. I put an end to it at my kid's school. I put an end to it in my hometown community of McLennan County, meeting with the mayor and the chief of police and the sheriff. We're going to make sure that none of this ever happens. Remember, Eric, these evil perverts literally sing we love it when you kiss me where I to little boys and girls. I mean, in the old days, we'd have a uh, certain system by which we could stop in. I think it's about time that we really bring the hammer down on these people. Ted Nugent, great having you on. Appreciate your time. Hey, man, hey Ted Nugent for Pope. <laughs> Ted hey, Nugent for Pope, right? Coach, that's the NASCAR crowd you talk about, right? There. That's the NASCAR crowd. And what's the NASCAR crowd doing? They're waiting for the church to arise. They're waiting for some truth to be able to get behind. They're, they understand the devious works of the devil trying to uh, destroy those created in the image of God. That's the war that we're raging against. 
not not Super Bowl relevance. Now you having a happy, slappy life. Now you having more money than you could ever spend. Not peace and comfort. No, 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 folks. Until we realize, until we put on our Ted Nugent hats and realize that we are at war, this kind of crap is going to continue. Rise up, O men of God, have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. See you tomorrow.